Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got a heck of a lot of technology news, including a brand new car from the fine folks at Tesla. It's sexy and it's cheap. You're going to want one. We also talk about news from Microsoft's Build Conference, including Digital Link and the bots everywhere. We've also got news from AT&T, Google, Instagram, and the Internet of Things, plus a few pics. You're going to want to stick around because it's another episode of Don't Panic starting right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 127, recorded April 4th, 2016. On the Model 3, Google Landline and Build's Bot Bonanza. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the uh, Elon Musk and Sachin Nadella of technology. Uh, those guys are actually of technology. It's Colby Rabinu and Dan Miller. Gentlemen, what's uh, what's the scoop this week? Uh... Oh, come on, you don't have an answer? <laughs> We've done 126 of these. I ask you Nothing the same question changed. every single week. Um, it snowed today again. Oh, the, holy shit. After I, I thought it was it. spring. I was so mad. My car, I went to pull into uh, our building and my car just, just kept going. It wouldn't, it wouldn't <laughs> turn into the, into the driveway of the office. Um, it was awful. I was, I had to, I use, my goal this winter was to go all winter long and not use the snowblower. Um, and guess what I had to do today? You use a snowblower? snowblower? I used the snowblower. We had, it was probably six inches, a little over six inches. But the problem is I also do mine, but I also do my neighbor, my old man neighbors. And I was not about to shovel both. It was just mine. I probably would have shoveled, but. Gotcha. And I have the, uh, because we we rent this house. So the, um, the snowblower came with it. And, um, it's the shittiest snowblower. And it has this engine that is like from a, I don't even know what it's from, but it rattles. It rattles really aggressively, and what happens... It did it slowly last winter, and today it was awful. It rattles itself apart. Like, <laughs> bolts start coming off of this. Like, nuts start <laughs> falling off. Things get loose. So I have to keep stopping and tightening stuff so the handles don't fall off of this thing. It's You wouldn't believe it if you didn't see it, but um, it was why I was desperately trying to avoid not having to use it, and I failed, so... The beauty, you, be, I can't wait to be a renter, so I don't have to deal with this. Anymore. It <laughs> yeah, will be nice. Great. It's true. It's true. I haven't shoveled snow. I don't know. Probably since like freshman year of Marist or sophomore year of Marist, rather. When I had, I feel like we had one big snowstorm where I had to shovel my car out. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much Probably. it, though. <laughs> yeah, it was a little nuts, but um, but hopefully no more. We got one. We were due. No so. more. No more. We got it. What What else is going on, We didn't on, guys? even get any snow in New York. Even, but, you know. I think you guys, I swear to God, I think New York City got more snow than we did up here in the Berkshires. I really do think that. Just overall? Just overall this winter. I mean, because you guys had that one really big storm. We had that one. Um, but I think that total is more than we got. <laughs> I mean, it really, there was no snow at all. Not that I'm complaining. Well, I'll be complaining when there are a lot of mosquitoes this summer and other bad things that happen when your winter's not cold and but snowy. But you're gonna enough. be you're not even gonna be in the Berkshires. Gonna, right? Fuck it. I don't i I'm not even gonna be here. Screw that. Right. In, yeah. in, everything's perfect in Houston with their sweltering heat and snakes and scorpions and hurricanes. <laughs> are there snakes and scorpions? 
There are. There, I talked to some of the people who work in the office there, and they have had to <laughs> pull snakes out of their backyard. And they're not even like the fun kind of snakes we have here. They're like the dangerous, they will definitely kill you kind of snakes. <laughs> You'll absolutely die. Like have They're anti-venom on hand kind of snakes. My my aunt lives in Phoenix, and when they moved into their new house, they had a scorpion infestation, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. <laughs> infestation? Yeah. Not just like, a scorpion. Multiple. Right. They... Oh they they i remember they would always like when they would come like visit rhode island and be shocked that you didn't let we didn't like check our beds before we got in them (laughs) it's like no not don't i don't really those are the lucky things nothing to check for (laughs) those are the lucky treats you get when you live in a place like that yep but weather trade-offs yeah listen Every place has its disadvantages. That's the that's the thing about living on this planet. I, Every no, place I, sucks. I think the Northeast, like you get some snow. Think about actually. Think about like Washington D.C., uh, Maryland, Delaware, that area. You don't even get that much snow. You don't get the hurricanes. You don't get earthquakes. There's no volcanoes to they worry. They do occasionally about. get tornadoes. It's not unheard of. Well, I mean, it's there was tor- there are tornadoes in like Western Mass sometimes. That's too. true. That's true. Yeah, but nothing to worry about. Like, oh, no, not it might be a little uncomfortable to be outside, but it's not going to destroy your house. No, you're right. It's pretty mild here. I'm just trying to make it other places sound less bad, but you know. <laughs> I mean, lots of people live other places, so yeah. it can't be that bad. Maybe they just don't know any better. That that could be it. That could be it too. Or they just willfully ignore it until it kills them. <laughs> you know, like the the people of Los Angeles. Yeah. Right. Like like it's totally fine until it's totally not. Um, yeah. Sudden onset uh, bad weather. <laughs> um. Sudden onset bad weather. I don't think the Los Angeles's problem is the weather. No, uh, it's underneath. Yeah, and not even that. It's the traffic. It's the traffic. I am going to a lot more of that. That is certainly true. Um, you are going to more. Than, oh, obviously, anywhere would be more than <laughs> than my three-second commute to the office. Yeah, I should have walked today. I don't even know why. I literally cleaned off my car and drove <laughs> in roads that hadn't been plowed instead of just taking three minutes and walking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm so weak. <gasps> Good thing I'm moving to one of the five fattest cities in the country. <laughs> yeah, oh fit God. right in. Are you going to move into the city or are you going to be out there in the burbs? No, it's kind of like, bur- I call it burbs plus. Mm. So it's not quite the suburbs. It's like but Google plus? What? <laughs> it's like Google plus? It's, it, it, no, it, people actually go and use this part. Um, people actually go to Dallas. That's right. Um, but... Um, but no, they'll actually be stuff, so it should be nice. Um, what else is going on, gentlemen? Anything of value? Anything, anything you want to banter about? Mm-hmm. No, not yet. Next week, so. Well, yeah. we, we only did like half of our normal banter time. Well, uh oh. Wait, you never answered my question. Where are you? Where are you thinking of living in Dallas? Houston. I'm moving to Houston. Houston. God Houston. Damn it. Sorry. That's okay. Really same thing. Uh no, so it's kind of like it's more in like the business district, so it's not really inner city and it's not the suburbs, but it's like a mix of office building and retail. 
uh-huh. and malls and stuff, and then apartment complexes. Okay. So, so probably not in walking distance then. No. No. Well, I, I was told by by people who grew up and lived in Houston their whole life, walking in Houston is a death wish. Oh yeah, you were talking about it. This. Is, it is a driving city. You have to be insane to walk in Houston, unless you're like really downtown and like mm-hmm. where they purposefully have set it up to walk. Um, but no, anywhere else, absolutely not. Which is perfect for me because I I don't like moving my legs. So, Sweet. excellent. Uh, one one thing that did uh, happen this weekend besides uh, having my seeing a Prairie Home Companion. Uh, remember a couple months ago. I recommended a game called Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like their spring championship this weekend, and I watched the finals. Uh, and then right before I was watching, I was like, you know what I could do? I haven't played Heroes of the Storm in a long time. I could play. And well, I had played before, and I don't know. I had won a couple, lost a couple. I played five games on Saturday, and I lost all of them. Oh. Only one of them was close. Uh so I think I think other people have found that game. It was very sad. There, I'm still pretty good at Hearthstone, though. Yeah, I've not That's... played it ever. Ever? <laughs> you played that I one time. I haven't played it in a long time. I played for like two weeks straight, and I was really into it for two weeks. Oh, you were. And then I just like every mobile game ever. I just <laughs> dr- short of Sudoku is the only mobile game I still play regularly, and that doesn't even really count because <laughs> I just get bored. I, I have I have such a short attention span. See, I have the opposite problem where I play very few mobile games for like years. And I don't, so right now, before it was threes, uh, now it's Alto's Adventure. Uh, before threes, it was some stupid golf game. Uh, so I don't get around the mobile games very often. I feel disadvantaged in, in public conversation. The problem is, most of them suck. So you're really, I mean, because there are the few that are really good, but most people are like, I'd play Candy Crush. And it's like, wow, you, you're really just playing Bejeweled. Good for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the Candy so. Crush, not so much. And then all these crazy games like like Star Wars Heroes or whatever it is, or it's like you got to collect all the heroes yeah. and level them up and blah, 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 do all this stuff. It's like, ah, I don't, uh, if I want to play a game like that, I'm going to sit down in front of a real TV or a real computer and play a real game. Not to say that they're not real games. I had a problem with, um, and I might have picked it on the show, Tiny Trains. Tiny Trains. Yes, where you have to like build a train network and you send shipments. It's really just a good time waster, and it's a good game. The problem is, when you get to a high enough level, it's more work than fun. Like you're Mm. literally like managing train schedules. Like it's not fun after a while because it's so complicated. And it, it just and it was one of those games where you have to like wait time and you pay to speed it up kind of games. Yeah. Um, and it ended up just t- sucking the life out of me, and I had to stop playing it because it was just I said forget about it. So there is a limit. Um. Well, um, before we get to the tech news, I want to mention one other thing. Which is, I was out of town this weekend, and on my way back, I was catching up on my podcast, and I listened to a very interesting episode of a very good show. It was, uh, the show was up for debate, and it was the (laughs) movie draft episode. I swear, I never, ever, ever, ever re-listen to these shows. Mm -hmm. A, because I don't have the time, and B, because I'm self-conscious. But, 
I had the time and I said, well, shit, we're, I'm just going to listen to it. Holy shit. That was really entertaining. Like I'm not <laughs> even lying. Like I, I'd forgotten most of it already. Cause I was yeah. so focused on doing it in the moment. I was like really enjoying it. So <laughs> I will just plug our own thing, which is everyone should go nice. to upfordebate.tv and check out the latest episode of the 2016 summer movie draft where Colby, Dan, myself, uh, Matt and Mike, we uh, drafted summer movies and we're going to pick a winner based on who earns the most at the box office. Um, and I want to ask you guys if, if we're, we're now uh, uh, about half a week later, um, mm-hmm. if you had any any lingering thoughts? Do, are you feeling better? Are you feeling worse about your lineup? I've, I've polled people. Everyone thinks you're going to win, Sean. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. Hmm. I, be, you I, know, I haven't really I, thought I, about my it. My feelings haven't changed. I really think it's going to come down to my only concern is I think X-Men and Finding Dory are going to be huge. My concern is, are the other movies going to be the big hits I need? Because I only have five movies. So they all have to do an average of about 200 to 250. And that's average mm-hmm. for me to, to likely win. Cause I'm expecting the winner to need about a billion dollars total. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it may even be more than that. So, I'm very nervous about those. Um, I don't know about how you guys feel. I was really thinking, I think Colby has the interesting, has the most interesting mix. Only mm-hmm. because I, I feel like if there is a right combination of guaranteed success and potential success... I feel like Colby has mixed them well because you know Star Trek's going to do well. You know Independence Day is probably going to do well. Neighbors 2 is going to do well. But then you also have Popstar. You have Central Intelligence. You have um, Keanu, which are all, like, in my mind, could be breakouts. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Dan, I have no idea what to think of your group. Because <laughs> you, really you really just bought Captain America, really. <laughs> I uh, see. I was my original plan was something like what what you're describing Colby's is because I do think that one of the ones I have, uh, one of the other two fucking movies. Well, no, you, you got you got well, you got Free State of Jones, which we won't count. Uh, but you have Hardcore Henry and Pete's Dragon. Oh yeah, Free State of Jones. You're not counting. That no. was the one that I thought looked interesting. Who goes to a historical drama in the middle of the summer? Seriously, name the last successful historical drama released in the summer. You can't. Uh, yeah, I can. Okay. Define historical. Well, okay. Like, p- pitch up a movie, and I'll tell you if it counts. Uh. Okay. Hang on. Okay. I have to. While look you're googling and see that. when these movies came out. <laughs> I, I just Captain America is going to have to do an insane number, or just really hope Pete's Dragon or Hard- Hardcore Henry, maybe. But ah, that's such a tough group. Yeah. Pete's Dragon. Pete's Poor Dragon. Matt. All he wanted was Pete's Dragon. Couldn't even get it. Miscalculated. <laughs> nope. No, nope. but hey, he did get Mother's Day, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> Don't forget. From the people who brought you those other movies. Um, um Yeah, we'll have to see. But it's gonna be interesting. So everyone should follow along. We're gonna do an update uh every week on Up for Debate, so you should definitely subscribe upfordebate.tv as well. Um and one other thing, guys, I'll mention is that uh, I checked. I'm moving to Texas, which means I need new license plates, and they require you to get them right away. Mm-hmm. I can get for a custom license plate. Um, what was it? I can get. I can get. Don't 
PNC. <laughs> and 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 I think I can get another version where it's like DNT PNIC or something like that. And I can also get up the number four DBTE. <laughs> but it costs, get this, two hundred dollars a year annually. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of dollars. It is a lot of dollars. Yeah. I can't really pull, I mean, bring myself to pull the trigger, but I'm like, oh man, that'd be so badass. <laughs> it would be cool, but I don't think that's that's a responsible decision. My my concern about don't PNC is people will think I'm saying don't picnic. <laughs> which uh, which is not I'm not saying that. <laughs> Sean Jennings strongly opposed to picnic. What about no panic. No panic. That's pretty good. <laughs> um anyway, I I'm going to think about that, but you never know. All right. Gladiator came out in the summer of 2000. That's an action mi- Come on, seriously? Drama? <laughs> is that, is was that, Gladiator wow. a drama? I looked up best historical movies. I'm sorry. No, but what is Free State of Jones even about? Like, I never got around. Action drama film. No, I think it's just straight. Armed rebellion against the Confederacy. No, but I thought it was just. Got Matthew McConaughey in it. Yeah, but that's not action. It it says. It seemed pretty action-y when I watched the Action drama film. Uh I don't know, man. Like your 12 Years a Slave, Django Unchained sort of uh, vein of movies. That's why I was banking on it. I'm willing to make a side bet on Free State of Jones. A side bet? Wow. Do you, do you think they'll top? You think it'll top 100 million? Um, I have to get back to you. Do you know like the distribution of movies throughout this thing? Like, uh, how many? How many movies? What percentage of movies do you know of this draft? statistically will top 100 million um that's a good question as far as uh, from what i've seen in past years just during the summer probably ease i would say minimum 60 percent probably will oh yeah okay then i i don't think it's guaranteed but i think it's possible i think i mean you'd have to put it in pretty pretty crappy company to have it (laughs) to have it be oh yeah 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 i think it depending on how good it is and if it's marketed well, then it could easily do that. I would go so far if as to say it, it is in the bottom seven grossing movies of the summer. <laughs> is that is that reasonable or you think it'll do better? I think it'll do better than that. All right, you're on. Bottom seven. You've been challenged. Bottom Bam. seven. Ouch. Rough stuff. Yeah, yeah, that is rough. That is rough, but we'll have to see. You have to tune in to find out what happens. But we've got to get to the tech news, gentlemen. We've got a lineup Full of goodness oh, from shock, this weekend news. Chock full of news. Chock full of nuts. Um, which is how I describe the panel on this show. Um, what would you guys like to start with? We've got Tesla. We've got Microsoft's Build Conference. We've got AT&T, Google, Instagram, Nest. What sounds good? Uh, let's talk about Nest. Because they're, they're in mm. the news for more than one reason this week. That is true. I've only got one in here, but we can talk about the other. Um, This has to do with more of uh, how they're doing generally. Um, Nest generated about $340 million in sales last year, and you would say to yourself, wow, they're a successful company. Eh, You have to remember Google bought them for $3.2 billion. Uh, Apparently, Alphabet, which of course is Google's parent company, um, is not very happy with the company. Uh, Apparently, they are unwilling to give Nest any more money to continue 
um, while they're not really profitable at this point. Um, of course, they acquired Nest, uh, or they acquired Dropcam, um, but that still hasn't apparently been enough to keep them afloat. Um, they say they spend almost $500 million annually, again, on 340 in sales last year. So um, for sure losing a lot of money for Google. So all of our theories about why, oh, not, it wasn't my theory, but many people's theories about why they bought Nest, like get all this information and spy on people's lives, apparently aren't true because then that would be a reason for it to remain a loss. That is true, a loss leader. Right. Um, you know, what What fascinates me is I just, and I know for a fact we've spent a decent amount of time talking about it on the show, I still do not understand Google's hardware strategy. I just don't get it. I don't get what they're going for. The pieces, I get they need time to put the pieces together, but I feel like it's been so long and so many projects have come and gone that will uh, can Google ever make success out of hardware? I, I mean, maybe Chromecast is a breakout, but name a hardware product. Even Nexus hasn't been... It's been big. It hasn't been huge for them. No. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing I don't understand, like, specifically about Nest is that, like, I feel like they have a lot of, kind, or at least they had uh, a lot of, like, they were kind of, like, the first of the game with the thermometer. And not, not, that's not true, right? There were obviously, like, smart thermometers that you could buy before that. Uh, but I feel like they were the first, like, well-known, well-made, uh, right, well-designed, like, kind of consumer-grade, uh, cons- and I say, I say, like, app-grade uh, smart thermometer thing. And they did, like, the smoke detector, which ha- was, like, mixed from what I understand. Like, it kind of worked and kind of didn't. Uh, but then, like, they haven't done anything else in a long time. Like, no... Like they bought Dropcam, right? So, so like they own Dropcam, but they haven't done anything else. Like they haven't added to their ecosystem, and I don't. I, I feel like that's what they needed to do. Um, I don't know. It just seems like, and, and I'm sure there are reasons for that. Uh, I I can't. I I imagine all the the money they've lost. Google has been spent on something. Um, <laughs> So perhaps there have been some some failed experiments in there uh, that didn't didn't make it to market. But I don't know. I I feel like that's what they need is it to like continue is to to expand their uh, the breadth of products that they use. Because I mean the problem with the Internet of Things is that there are all kinds of things, but none of them work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure you can like wire stuff up with ift, but ift kind of sucks. It's like really slow and, uh, not exactly reliable. Uh, so I, I think that that's one of their strengths is not that they hook up with anything, but anything that they do integrate with. And it's more than just their products. So you have a, a smoke detector and it knows it has a motion sensor. So it knows if you're home or which room you're in and it can, tell the thermometer that thermometer thermostat uh so it can adjust the temperature in your house but it also hooks up with stuff like automatic the thing that you plug into your car so that the thermostat knows when you're driving home when you're traveling home and it'll turn the heat on uh and plus 
the the camera also has a motion sensor. Like all this stuff, it gets better. The more of that stuff you have, the better everything gets, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. That's like one of the Apple software success is that basically, uh, if Apple software didn't work well together, then Apple software would be terrible. <laughs> like right. individually, none of the stuff is is for the most part that compelling, including iTunes. <laughs> Uh, but in concert, it's like, oh, all of this, like it all adds up to something greater than the sum of its parts. So, uh, I, but I don't know. Like, I think the automatic thing is a small thing, but there could be, there's a lot of potential there for saying like, make nest your home for your rules and how your things interact and our software is going to be really good and our platform is really stable, which it, it has been. There's that we had like one incident so far uh, that I can remember that was notable with downtime. Mm. Uh, and that stuff works really well and not like not so much making your own hardware, maybe. Uh, but then again, like I don't think the smoke detector thing, the one thing with the, the hand flailing, uh, thing that turns the smoke detector off okay but everything else works fine and the thermostat is like by many accounts the best uh smart thermostat you can buy so i I would like to see them making more things i'm mostly sad that they're not making a profit (laughs) well because i don't want this stuff to stop yeah you know i I, you're both right you're you're both right best shot at having this internet of things thing actually work like who else who who's left you got samsung Apple, well, and then they're kind they, of these, they've done even less. Well, there's there's um, what is it? Uh, you've got Wink, and you've got uh, well, no, Samsung bought Smart Things. There's uh, Philips. There's you know a bunch of these guys are kind of doing their own thing. But I think you're both right, right? Which is how do you hit the the equilibrium between hardware and software, right? Because if you if you're Nest, and and by the way, this is what I think they've done is. Their last big product announcement was works with Nest, the software side, right? And they instead said, instead of building 20 hardware products, we're going to build two Mm -hmm. good hardware products and make sure they work with everything. That's okay. That's a strategy. If you're Philips, and this is kind of what I think their strategy has been, they've got bulbs and switches and plugs and, oh my God, hardware for days. And it kind of works-ish, right? I mean, it's not, they're not known for their software. Right. So which is the right strategy? I don't know. And, and to be honest, I, I think for as much as Nest has done to make the software outstanding, I do think the fact that they only have two products hurts them. I really do because how many, especially when you think of things like light bulbs and plugs, how many smoke detectors do you buy for your home? One, maybe two. How many thermostats do you buy for your home? One, maybe two. How many light bulbs or plugs do you buy for your home? Three, four, ten. You know, they, there's no scale yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about this? I, I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, doesn't all of this not matter? Like, isn't all all these light bulbs, Colby, did, did your uh, smart light bulb just flicker because it knows you're talking about it? <laughs> they know. <laughs> you're listening. Uh, all of the, like, the, especially the light bulbs, uh, it's all, it's all a hack. I think it's, like, some of the dumber smart appliances. It's all a hack. Uh, light bulbs—they shouldn't be smart. The stuff that the light bulb plugs into should be smart. 
whether that's like your whole house and like the lighting that's built into your ceiling or the lamp you bought uh like that's the stuff that should be intelligent and then you don't need to buy special light bulbs that works for each other you just need the house thing to do it and i think that an industry standard for just basic crap about your uh your refrigerator what's the temperature in my refrigerator right now when was the last time it was open that's all you need and you know manufacturers can add extra stuff on top of that that may or may not work with other things but if if you could just offer like the bare minimum functionality that everything can use as part of some standard to at least get consumers used to the idea of i can ask my refrigerator dumb questions or my microwave or my stove or the oven like and forget about the stupid dish like the what was it the dryer the dryer is I maintain the dumbest Internet of Things idea I've ever heard. The dryer necessitates interaction at every point of its operation. Uh, but the, sto- the the oven, if you're cooking something in the oven for hours, uh, you could ask what the temperature is. You could integrate with some like meat thermometer thing. You could turn it off remotely. That like that would be huge. That would be a huge selling point. But only if the software doesn't suck. And... Who even makes ovens? GE? Do they make ovens? Like, I don't know. None of them are going to make good software. Uh, so it seems like the win-win here, like like uh, Amazon putting the Kindle app on the iPad, is to just make it work because everyone makes more money than if you had a silo. Yeah, but I'm going to challenge you back on that. I, I I actually think the idea of a million little plugins is better than the three or four smart appliances. I like the idea of the smart light bulb, not the smart lamp. And here's why. Because we can use a lamp for an example. People like antique lamps. People like family heirloom lamps. People like um, high-end designer lamps. Some people like really cheap lamps. Some people change their lamp every year. Some people have the same lamp for 50 years. The beauty of the bulb is you're guaranteed to replace a light bulb. And light bulbs can change between lamps. And I think the same goes for the $10,000 stove you just bought. That next year's model has a new feature. If you can just plug in that new feature to your existing expensive stove. Oh, that's never going to happen, value there. Well, but I'll give you the example, right? <laughs> Samsung did this, and I, I do not know if they still do this, but it wasn't a bad idea, where they had their upgrade kits, right? Where... Samsung TVs were purposefully designed where the internal guts were attached to the back of the TV, and each year, every two years, you would pull it out, and it had the processor in it and all the ports in it. You'd pull it out, Samsung would send you a new one, and you'd pop it in, and you'd get all the new smart TV stuff and the newer processor and 4K and whatever, so you wouldn't have to replace your TV. 4K, though. Well, if you're... But hypothetically if the screen could support it but the processor couldn't and there were new features i will say that were added like wireless support and things like that they could add as time went on like i i like that idea i think there's value to that for the consumer that idea is not in first like the lamp idea is uh, the lamp example is a dumb example what should really be smart are your power outlets so you can say this one has a lamp or a light bulb plugged into it and you, I want to turn that on or off. Because uh, then it doesn't matter where, you, like, if everything was connected in that way, then you don't need to care about what kind of light bulb you have or what kind of lamp it is. But I will change you back and say, think A, 
the last time you changed a light bulb, and B, the last time you changed an electrical socket. Again, well, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's you'd have to get so ahead of the curve on that and build homes with it built in. And but I agree, the hazard to doing it this way is then you have a million things that all have to talk to each other, right? If your house's electrical system was one system that just knew yeah. what it was doing, you're reducing the likelihood of faults that's or things how, not that working. That is, by the way, that's how business electrical systems work right. now. So it's it'll happen eventually where you'll get that in your house and there'll be all the, the power savings features and the power company will subsidize you putting it in because it's going to save them a bunch of money. Uh, all that's going to happen. But I think the light bulbs are not all that interesting. Being so, Just getting used to the idea of asking stuff questions is what I really want to see happen. So the as a person who has several smart light bulbs i say smart in air quotes <laughs> um, the so this is always the case like like imagine you plugged a lamp into a uh, a wall socket that was also that was like wired to a switch right there's always this like consistency problem where the switch could be off or the lamp could be off and either of those could cause uh your light not to be on uh, which can be a little frustrating, but I think for the most part, like you can deal with that. Like mentally, you can just train yourself to never switch the light on. Um, but the the problem with the problem I've had so far with the connected light bulbs is that they're not reliable. Like sometimes they just don't work, and sometimes they get disconnected from the base for no reason, and they will never ever reconnect. Or, like, sometimes the power goes out and, like, if they're disconnected too long, they never reconnect. Um, so, the pro- like, the problem becomes, like, if the light is off and you flip the light on. And the other thing is that the, the app will never register that it is disconnected from the light bulb. So, like, if you, if you, if you turn, like, try and change the light one way or the other, on or off with the app, and it doesn't do what you were expecting, you have no way to know what the problem is. Like, it could be that the light is unplugged, it could be that it got turned, it could be uh, that it's disconnected from the app. Um, And it winds up, and it's like, fine, it's nice when it's working, uh, but once it stops working, it's, it's very unfortunate. That being said, it is a nice middle ground, especially for, you know, people who are like renting and are either uncomfortable changing things like switches or wall sockets or or uh, not allowed to, which is a pretty common thing in leases where you're not really supposed to make improvements to the place you're living. Um, so I don't know. It's a mixed bag. I would love to have like physical light switches because then even if it gets disconnected you can always fall back on the on the physical thing like that's what i really want uh because then it like it it kind of negates a lot of the pain involved with um what's it called involved involved with the pain that that you get with doing the lights with with uh the bulbs um but alas Someday. It's a problem, problem for future me. <laughs> for, for now, you'll just struggle with your, uh, yeah, your your smart bulbs. <laughs> well, I've I've two smart bulbs, 
like one is is a secondary light in the bedroom that I never use, and the other is the one that that just recently disconnected itself for God knows what reason, and so I don't use because it's not connected. And the, <laughs> I mean, this is mostly a software problem because the other the other problem is to like the smart smart things is the hub I have, which is they were a separate company, but they got bought by Samsung, Samsung I yeah. think. Um, and they, so, so you, you have to like, if you want to integrate something like Ift, for example, you have to give it permissions to individual devices, mm. uh, which is annoying, but I understand the problem is an, and within smart things, like everything smart things does is like its own little app that has permissions to things. And so in order to delete something, it won't let you delete something until you remove the permission from every single app that has a permission to it manually. Like it can't just do it. It can't just say, Oh, you wanted to delete this. I'm going to revoke all these permissions for you. Is that okay? Okay, fine. No, I have to go through and figure out every like weird little nook and cranny that is connected to this light before I can delete the old one. Uh, and it fills me with rage. (laughs) I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. It's so bad. Aw. It's, it's terrible. I was but I was about to ask when you're going to get Alexa to take <sighs> it to the next level and get your, your Amazon Echo, but it doesn't sound like your smart home needs any any more help. No. Uh, I don't know. Jill, Jill is Jill is strongly opposed to Alexa. <laughs> fair enough. Which I think I think is fair. So I'm not not super super excited about it right now either given my other frustrations. If those weren't problems, I would be more interested. Why don't these light bulbs, you know how you can buy like the the adapters that plug into your power? Like one side is a plug that goes into your power outlet and the other side is an Ethernet cable. And you can run Ethernet power over, line. over the power lines in your walls. Mm-hmm. Why don't the well, light bulbs just operate over that? You plug the base into an outlet and it networks in between the alternating current on the line to all the other stuff. This doesn't work for things that aren't plugged in, but any I for the foreseeable future, anything that is part of the Internet of Things will be plugged into a wall. That's Except like true. bathroom scales. I'm like but bathroom scales, all the sensor stuff that you buy now are like battery yeah. operated and uh like they they're like Zigbeat or something. But yeah. I see your point for lights and stuff. That that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I don't know how hard that is in practice, but I, theoretically, I, I, it seems cool. It can't be. It it must use less power than Wi-Fi, and it already the technology already exists to make it use Ethernet. Yeah, it seems like a good solution to the disconnecting problem. Dan's Kickstarter will be launching in six months. New. Smart light bulbs <laughs> over your power line. I'm pretty sure that this stuff already exists. Probably. All the good ideas do. Lawn talk. Yep, there you go. Damn. <laughs> Another missed opportunity. Um, all right, we've talked about Internet of Things, but now we're going to talk about something that's not that. Gentlemen, <laughs> what is next? Great segue. Uh, well, you know me. I'm a broadcasting professional. Uh, let's talk about the build stuff. Let's talk about the build stuff. Microsoft company that makes yeah, windows the <laughs> the world's best small serve ice cream store yes microsoft, microsoft yes 
All now, <laughs> now with frozen yogurt. Yeah. Yes. Um, they had their big conference. Build. Get psyched. They talked about all their new exciting Windows stuff for the year. I know. How fun. Um, and we've got the highlights. Let's start with um, what I would argue to be the boring stuff to the exciting stuff. Um, gaming will be integrated across... Um, xbox and windows um so when you're building a game you'll be more of course it's a developer conference so all this could be pretty developer focused but you'll be able to more easily develop a universal game that'll play on xbox but will also play on windows devices supporting windows 10 um in addition you can turn your xbox one into a developer uh, version now without having to buy a separate xbox any xbox can do it um and making it easier for people to build and test games on their xbox um, and there will also be a single store for games across PC and Xbox as well. Cool. All right. Slightly less boring story. The Linux command line comes to Windows. I have. How did you not save this for last, John? This is the most exciting story. Dan, if I understood it, I might agree. I have <laughs> no goddamn idea what the hell this is about. <laughs> Which one of you want to volunteer to explain this to me? Uh... I can I can try to explain it. All so right. I, I believe right. in you, Dan. Are you, okay. Do you just want me to explain the whole thing, or did you want to keep uh, go, going with your spiel there? I can keep reading what it says on the page, but there'll be no additional context. Okay. I okay, literally okay. don't get this. So, and I think I've said this on the show in the past, but one of the reasons, one of the only reasons I don't use Windows is because it doesn't have the Linux command line. So what is the Linux command line? It's just like cmd.exe, which you've used. It's mm -hmm. uh, the old style, the old way computers used to work, where you just typed commands and press enter, you got some output, and then you could type in another command. Mm -hmm. uh, but what it really is is a platform for a bunch of applications that developers use a lot to write software, that's its most important function. Uh, so all sorts of compilers and uh, and different utilities only run on the Linux command line. And so we're largely unavailable on Windows unless you did some crazy stuff that broke all the time. Uh, or had like a Linux virtual machine, which is not optimal. Uh, the other thing is people who use it a lot learn learn how to use it kind of like like uh on i don't know what a good example is on os 10 if you don't have that little launcher thing that apple uh sherlock uh what was alfred. that thing called alfred like if you get really used to that you just press a button you can type in a thing and something happens or you can write your own flows so you can write your own commands like tw space and then you type out a tweet press enter and it tweets it like stuff like that the, the Unix command line does all that stuff and more. So if you're used to having it, you'll when you're doing regular computer stuff, like, uh, here's a good example, uh, and hopefully I won't go to jail for saying this. Uh, over the weekend, I was trying to figure out how to use my landlord's new rent payment website, and it had a drop-down to select what building you lived in, but I couldn't figure out how to put in my building. So it wasn't a drop-down, actually. It was like an auto-suggest thing. And if it didn't auto-suggest, it wasn't a valid input, which is terrible UX. Uh, so I was just left guessing at how they might represent my address. But then I realized that I could 
look, inspect what the web page was doing, take the web the the network request that it was using to fetch the list of buildings, put it in the command line, and then search through it for different terms in bulk until I found the one I was looking for. If I was on Windows, the first thing I'd have done on Windows, uh, faced with that problem, would have been to install Linux, like, or move <laughs> to my laptop, because uh, it's just. It's not exactly easy to learn, but once at once you're a computer user and you do learn that stuff, uh, it is so helpful and so natural that you want it all the time. So that Windows has this now natively supported. It's not a hack. It's not a bunch of weird shareware you have to install to get it working. Is huge for the people that Microsoft seems to be targeting these days, uh, which is developers and even your previous story. Our previous story was about that. Like, uh, oh, now you can, anyone can develop anything for the Xbox anytime. You just have to have an Xbox if you want to test your game. Uh, it's great. Just like when Apple took off the the money, the cost to uh, becoming a developer, mm -hmm. and opened up the beta process. Uh, so it was huge. And like all this coupled with, uh, we talked briefly and in similarly nerdy terms about Microsoft SQL Server being uh running on linux there's something else recently too oh the open sourcing of the c sharp compiler and all of their developer tools mm -hmm. uh it's uh it's fascinating i think this is their biggest step yet their wow. most visible publicly visible step yet at least dan you made me excited <laughs> and I still don't barely you, understand it. So. Don't you want to learn the command line now so you can search through text really fast? Dan, I've used the command line for extremely simple functions. <laughs> IP config, that's about all I know. Oh, in the, the classic. Um, <laughs> classic. I think that's fantastic. Hey, anything that makes it easier for developers, Microsoft seems to be on that path. So Yeah. It's also, I, I, I don't remember if you mentioned this, Dan, but that's one of the reasons mac os is popular among developers is it does support not only right. does it support linux like stuff but like mac os is like a unix based which is the linux is a unix like they all kind of have the same ancestor operating system mm -hmm. so they work very similarly but yeah i'm, I'm yeah. looking at the little program i wrote to do this thing for the uh the uh, landlord's website. Not only did I download, but I downloaded it, pretty printed the JSON, and and then after that search, like that combination of tasks on Windows, would you would be writing a program to do it? And all I did was say, download the thing, make it JSON, and search for this thing. It's great, indeed. Dan, next time I can't get a, a auto suggest to work, I'm gonna call you. <laughs> you, can, you can help solve my problems. Um. We'll in addition to that, let's say you're not a programmer and you want to know what's in it for you as a Windows user. Well, even better news, we've got an update for Windows 10 this summer. They call it the Anniversary Update, and it's got new features. How would you uh, like to hear about them? Why do they call it the Anniversary Update? Because I believe it's the anniversary of the launch of Windows 10. It's a year later. That's oh, a guess. that's dumb. I thought it was going to be like the anniversary of Windows. No. Like the 26th anniversary. Okay. Oh, far lamer. But Every... Every year is going to be the anniversary edition, right? Aren't they doing a yearly release cycle? Didn't they announce well, that last year? The theory was that there'll never be another version of Windows. They'll just keep updating Windows 10 forever. We'll see if they stick with that. 
Um, and it might be, you might be, Dan, you might be right. They might just do a major update every year and just call it the anniversary update. Yeah. But okay. who knows? Um, some of the cool features you get in the anniversary update. How about biometric authentication? Uh, not yes. only for uh, Windows, but for the Edge browser uh, as well. We'll support it. Um, you also get um, what they call the Windows Universal Windows Platform, which is basically one app works everywhere. Uh, but we kind of knew about that. But you also get Windows Ink, which is a bunch of new cool stuff you can do with Touch um, and pen-powered apps. Um, things like recognizing dates and setting reminders when you just scribble things. Um if you draw two points, if you if you make two points on a map and draw a line between them, it'll give you the distance and directions. Uh, you it's got a ruler. I mean, people love rulers. You can use mm-hmm. use a ruler with your hand and then use a pen at the same time and draw along the ruler or, or use the ruler to draw. The video does it much better justice than I ever could. Um, but suffice to say, pen support will be greatly enhanced in the anniversary update. Um, and getting to the last big thing, bots, bots, big, big deal. Um, for them, they call it their, uh, their bot framework uh, and they want to make it easy for you to integrate bots into your services. So what does that mean for you as a windows user? Well, that means Cortana is going to get smarter. She's going to be coming to Xbox later this year. Um, you will also get an update in the anniversary edition, including her, uh, Cortana will be able to understand time better. Um, so you say, hey, can you open the PowerPoint I worked on last night? And she'll know because she gets time um, and things like that. And developers can also do more um, as well with third-party integration. It'll also be coming to Skype. So you'll have Cortana in Skype, which will listen to your conversations and have the ability to help you out, like booking a hotel room if you talk about visiting somebody or things like that um, and adding all kinds of cool features. Um, if you're a developer, you're going to like their new bot framework which makes it easy to integrate bots into your services. They run off what they call the Cortana Intelligence Suite, um, which there are 22 APIs, and they can plug in and help you um, more easily create a bot um, to to service your customers, I would assume, if you're a a business. Sweet. I think that this stuff is... uh... I think it could be it could be really cool. That's I, I wasn't <laughs> sold on it when I first heard it, because uh, uh, back in the day you had all these uh, concierge apps. I think you still have them, and this is what Facebook's doing with an actual human. Mm-hmm. That feels. I don't want to use those because I, I don't want to bother anyone with my crap. Like I don't want to do that. But if I know it's a computer and I can just say, "Hey." Uh, book a ho- book a room for three nights in this hotel on, on these days, and I don't have to be very explicit about the format of that question. It can just be like, "Does this look good?" And I say yes. Then that yeah. Then yeah, I would use that. And did you say that Cortana will be able to do that out of the box now? That's not just like an example thing. Um. Yeah, some of it. So, so some of it will be out of the box, but apparently it'd be easy to build it if it's not. Uh, there cool. was also not a really tight timeline as to when these things will be available. They were a little vague. Um, so I have no idea when you'll actually be able to start using these. I, you know, I think what's interesting to me, I agree. I think if the, if it works, it's great. My concern is 
the point of doing a bot is that it's supposed to be easy and seamless, right? It's like you're talking to a person. What I don't want is, you know, you know, hey, Cortana, I, you know, I've got to fly somewhere next week. Uh, what's the best flight? Well, you can go to Expedia and install the Expedia app, which, <laughs> which, which plugs into me and tells me when the flights are. Like, I, I, want to be, I want to be able to say best flight and have it know what I mean when I say best flight. Like, mm. it's got to go to that next level, not just pitch me up. Okay, this is the literal cheapest flight. Would you like me to book it for you? That's not good enough because I can Google and do that in two seconds. You're not saving me any time or making it easier for me. You know what I mean? Like, how do yeah. you take it? It's not just having a bot able to understand what you're saying and respond, but it's got to be able to think when it does it. Yeah, it needs it needs an additional artificial intelligence layer right. to figure out what components it needs to install into itself to answer your question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's you know, possible. But I do. But but that's that I think is the future. Today, I do like the ability. You know, when I put when I type you know, hey, where's your house? It automatically pops up an address of the friend I'm talking to and their location on a map. Or the little things. I don't mind that. I think that's useful. I do. Um, it's just not the be-all, end-all. And I'd like to see, you know, it integrates with my email. So when I say, oh, crap, I can't remember where we're supposed to meet. And it knows I'm talking to this person, talking about meeting, and we had an email. And, you know, I think you can do some of that now. And that's okay. That That is useful if it works. Problem is it's Cortana, and you got to be a Windows user. So all you Mac guys are shit out of luck. Didn't we have a story that's saying that they were going to bring it to other platforms? Well, or... Cortana is on iOS, so oh, okay, right. You you can use it there. I don't know how many of these features will work with that, and they're they're doing a big push for Skype integration. Um, that, Skype's that was, on iOS. That was big. Well, Skype Skype is multi-platform, absolutely, and big in business as well, which is very interesting. Um, a ton of businesses are moving to Skype, so I'm very interested to see. Um, what the sort of corporate version of that is. Yeah, downloading the Skype app now. It's acceptable. I mean, <laughs> by Skype, I mean Cortana. Cortana. Have you you've tried the Cortana app? Um, I've not tried the app, but I have used it on Windows 10, and it's very mediocre. Oh, I mean, wow. It's, just, it's yeah. just really simple stuff. What's the weather? You know, kind yeah. of... Do I have any new emails? Like, it's really, really basic. It's the same stuff Siri can do, really. I would say it's a little more reliable and a little more accurate, but, like, the actual types of things, it's basically the same. And, again, you only you only start getting advantages when you're really in the Microsoft system because it's supposed to have, learn as you use it more, and if you only use it occasionally, it's not going to... I have to sign into a Microsoft account? You, you do, Dan. You don't use your Microsoft account a lot? Do you no. have a Microsoft account? No. He signed into Skype right now. That's or are those true. different? Uh, well, you can no. you can use your Microsoft name or your Skype name. I went to sign into my Microsoft account, and the screen just turned black. <laughs> it crashed. <laughs> and Amazing. I can't um, go home or do anything. A Microsoft app on iOS crashed? <laughs> I'm shocked. Shocked. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Well, we're just about out of time. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that, but you know what? That's a... um. That's a what version of iOS are you on? Uh, the N minus like the I didn't get the new update. The new that patch was update, like a couple of days ago or whatever. Because that actually is like the main bug they're fixing is if you install a new app, it can it can when you launch it, it crashes your phone. Like that's literally uh, okay. the bug that they're fixing. Oh, well, a maybe live I demonstration. That then. Yeah, you're you're welcome. We know it's real. Um, yeah, so go get your was it nine point three point one update. 
Yeah. Go get it. Um, we're out of time. We're out of time for news, which is a shame because I want to talk how badly I wanted the, the Model 3, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's barely technology, really. And we'll talk about it when it actually comes out in forever. Yeah. Um, we can talk about it. The short it. version is it new Tesla and it's cheap. It's sexy well, as hell. Cheaper. Let me tell you, that's a good looking car. The problem is it's it's not going to be sold until the end of 2017. And based on the pre-orders, by the time you can walk onto the lot and get one, we'll all have <laughs> flying cars. So don't even bother. <laughs> um, wait for the Model 4. Yeah, wait for well, the Model 8 at that point. I mean, geez, <laughs> this, they're so slow. They can't get the Model Xs out and they already have those. So I'll believe it when I see it. Let's do picks. We've got picks. Okay. Um, well, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, some of us do, some of us don't. I'll go first. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I've got uh, a mini pick, and then I've got my actual pick, because it's an update to an old pick. Today, Pebble, if you've got a Pebble Time or Pebble Time Steel, um, they pushed an update today, and if you're a Verizon user, you can now uh, text from your watch on iOS, which you could not do previously. AT&T users can so I sent a voice text from my watch today. Holy shit, it was awesome. Oh my god, it was like... My mind was blown. I'm like, this is the future. Now, so that's only SMS, right? Like, you can't send an iMessage that yeah, way? It's really, it's really weird because it's technically sending it directly to Verizon and it doesn't go through your phone. So not only is it only SMS, it doesn't show up in your message history. <laughs> oh, so, so you don't bizarre. see your side of the conversation, but for quick replies, it, the voice was fast and really accurate, which mm-hmm. I hadn't used any of the voice stuff before, um, and it worked really great. So if you if you do own a Pebble and you're an AT&T or Verizon uh, customer, make sure you're up to date and you can send SMS. It's very cool. Or you can just get an, uh, an Apple Watch. You could do that too. Um, my actual pick is a a quick one. It's a blog, and it's really hilarious. It's called Literally Unbelievable at literallyunbelievable.org. And what it is is somebody just takes screenshots of when people post Onion articles on Facebook as if they're real (laughs) and what people say about them. So um, let me see if I can find a really – some of them are really – okay, so – Clickhole, which is Onion's one of Onion's sites, um, did an article that said Slimer from Ghostbusters gave me the courage I needed to accept my homosexuality. <laughs> um, and, and it's just kind of a, one of the weird articles. But then someone wrote on Facebook, they posted and they said, I mean, good on you for coming out, but I don't think Slimer is gay. I don't think ghosts can be gay. And I think you're really gasping at straws trying to say that the ghost of John Belushi somehow confirmed your gayness for you. Someone thought it was real. Um... Or a headline, medical breakthrough, geneticists have engineered a gorilla with no arms or legs. Um, and someone just commented, what the fuck? So um, people who think <laughs> these things are actually real, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a funny blog. Um, and you should check it out. Literallyunbelievable.org. Um, and you can enjoy that. That's my quick pick. Uh, oh, Dan, we got to go to you because you, you picked right out of my heart. Right out of my heart. This is the, really? This, Have you seen this before? I fall for this shit like it's nobody's business. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what do you got for us? My friend showed me earlier today a, a YouTube channel called the Hydraulic Press Channel. And it's just videos of a guy with a hydraulic press crushing shit into like the thinnest possible form that it can be. <laughs> or 
applying <laughs> pressure to it for like a split second and then watching it explode like is the case with whipped cream and bowling balls two things that you would not associate with each other normally what's your question colby <laughs> It just reminds me of Will It Blend. Yes, which was yeah. also great. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like that. So they've got my favorite one. And it's also the most popular. Can you fold paper more than seven times with a hydraulic press? <laughs> and then I think it's at the seventh time, like the paper like explodes. And you <laughs> end up with this paper cake that just like breaks off in your hand. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, oh, it's, here you go, Sean. Can you crush Blender with hydraulic press? I really liked um, the... They did one with a... Uh, oh, I'm going to look at that. They did a hockey puck one. That was really great. It, it almost looked like it liquefied. Um, oh, watch that one now. Because of uh, how it was... It just kind of... Just uh, into a pancake. It's great. I'm such a <laughs> sucker for things like this. Oh, and then it explodes. Jesus. What explodes? Uh, the the uh, hockey puck. Oh, it does. Yeah, if I'm you keep watching. watching. It now. Oh man! Oh wow! Boom! <laughs> Fun with industrial it's like machinery. Smoldering at the end too. It's like <laughs> on fire. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just out of sheer force. This is great. I absolutely love this. Thank you, Dan, for for reminding me how fun this is. <laughs> You're welcome. Excellent, and you can check that out, oh Hydraulic Press Channel, on uh, YouTube, and the link, of course, will be on our website. Colby, you've got uh, you've got two picks here for us. Hey, look, we'll just watch <laughs> that for the. Sorry, I just stop watching this show and go watch that the, instead. The hockey puck. Uh, so I have two. One uh, right now, I think until April 10th, if you're a T-Mobile customer, you can get a year. A one year of the MLB like streaming the the Major League Baseball like streaming app subscription for free, which is like it would normally cost you like a hundred something dollars to wow. get a year. Um, so if you have T-Mobile and are even vaguely interested in baseball, uh, you might as well. Uh, this is not something I would ever in a million years pay for. Uh, but now even they're gonna get you hooked. Well, no, even more so now because it's literally terrible. It like the stream just freezes every fifteen or twenty minutes. Um, but and it's also it's really dumb because it's like you can stream every game except the games that they've sold the exclusive streaming rights to. So like any game you would be interested in watching, you can't watch. Uh, but all the other games you can see. Um, so like. <laughs> That means, like, any game that's on ESPN, which happens, like, relatively frequently, uh, you can't watch games on ESPN. And, and I assume you also can't watch the games that they, they the the worth-watching ones, like the playoffs so and stuff that are on network TV. What you with? Well, I mean, you the gotta remember, they're, they're, <laughs> right, they're, each team plays, like, 180 games in a season in baseball. So there, there is over, a, well over 1,000. Right. There are, like, four or five Red Sox games a week. Each team plays over 1,000 games? No, 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 no. no, no. The total no, over say. a season. That would be three, like, two and a half games a day. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's still so plenty to watch. In any case, if you're, yeah, I don't know if that if that affects your life at all, go for it. Uh, also, I I came across this game online a while ago called Factorio, and it's like it's like in beta, 
Um, but you can like pay for it now and get a copy and they, they updated it, update it pretty frequently. Um, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it. It's like a little bit like Minecraft. Um, but like super Minecraft, it's kind of like it, it's it's like top down, like real time strategy type of game. And it's like kind of base building, but like everything is automatable. So like you, you can set up like conveyor belts of from like drills to like auto like uh, manufacturing machines and things. So you can create these really elaborate like factories. And then there are like these bug things that attack you and you have to fight them off. Uh, but it's pretty fun. I don't know. So if you're into games like that, I feel like I didn't describe it well. Well, but it, it's... it reminds. And I'm showing the video on uh, uh, on the on the video stream, and you can check it out at uh, factorio dot com. It reminds me of like SimCity on crack. Yes, yeah. And like the, there's like a, a semi weak story where you're like a human whose spaceship like crash landed on this planet, and you have to like. I don't know, build a civilization, I guess, is the goal. Or, like, build a civilization and eventually build another spaceship so you can leave. Um, but it's 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 pretty fun. It's kind of, uh, it's really in-depth. So there's a lot, a lot going on. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, worth, worth a look if you're, if you're into it. Very cool. Yeah, check it out. We'll have the link on our website, of course. You guys know, fun fact, we just broke a streak we went six uh, consecutive episodes. This would have been our seventh, picking a um, something to watch on streaming. Uh, we went six because con- I felt like we had a streak going, and I checked before we went on, and we did six consecutive weeks, and uh, and we blew it. Bummer. Instead, we have actual. Although I guess hydraulic press channels pretty close. <laughs> that Basically, is streaming. When will that be on Netflix? Come on. Um, very cool. Well, um, thanks everybody for joining us. This has been great. I'll give you the spiel I do at the end of every episode, which is don'tpanic.io is our website. It's fantastic. These two guys built it. I'm not using Linux on Windows. And um, you can go there. It's got all the past episodes, audio, video. The YouTube videos are there. All our picks are there. Um, It's got links where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, most podcast apps, um, RSS, you name it, we're there. and you can also follow us on social media at Don't Panic Show, uh, Don't Panic Show on uh, Facebook, Don't Panic Show at gmail.com is our email. Um, and lastly, Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, we do this live on the internet for you. And we love when people watch live. They chat with us in the chat room. We bring them to the show. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Twitch.tv slash Don't Panic Show. You can subscribe there to get the updates when we go live. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Don't Panic Show. We'll tweet when we go live as well. That's Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll be back next week with even more technology news um, about technology. Gentlemen, anything else? Uh, give you the final word here. Yeah. <laughs> Go to our website, and maybe we'll have this fixed by the time you get there, but the F, anything that has an F and a T next to each other looks really weird. On Safari, it shows up as a pencil, and on Chrome, it just looks different, but it still looks like an F and a T. That's weird. Oh, it does it with FF as well. (laughs) I've seen it shuffle on episode 120. That's strange. That's awesome. (laughs) Only you guys could come up with this stuff. I don't know how you do it. This is a fantastic... How, how did we do that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm That's inspecting so source cool. and everything. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs>
I can't. You'll have to report back on on what you find because this is okay. uh, it's like just regular. Oh madness! <laughs> Remember that time we you just, guys wanted to build we a custom just, website? We should just remove the web font, just delete that, and then use the regular browser font. Can't I think you should just leave it. I think way. it's cool. <laughs> I think it's funky. Um, yeah, it's only the F. Wow. Oh, but if you change it to R I F G, writing the riff G. Then it looks fine. Hmm. <laughs> God uh, damn it. <laughs> well, keep working on it. You'll, All right. you're, you're smart so guys. Always a work in progress. Always a work. In, that's right. Uh, that's, <laughs> that needs to be our slogan. Um, always a work in progress. Uh, and on that note, I'll say good night on behalf of Colby and Dan. This is Sean, of course, wishing you a happy good night. Uh, and that we'll see you next week for even more. Don't panic. <laughs>